Hello, welcome to Was That In Good Taste. Uh, as always, I'm your handsomest host, James, and I'm joined by... Your other most handsomest host, Chandler, Ma fucking Phillips. Yeah, and of course, don't forget that if you are new here, you could always drop us a like, a subscribe, all those things, because if you don't do it, we're not validated. And as Chandler expressed today, he needs that validation. Yo, call me a dude with a car in a city trying to not pay for parking because I need validation. And what are we talking about today, Chandler? Whatever the fuck we feel like, bro. <laughs> well, we haven't done that in fucking forever. See, I had this wild ass idea that I'd never tried Aperol before, and I've seen a lot of people around me drinking Aperol spritzes, and I thought that looks pretty groovy. So, of course, what you thinking about it? I I got this spritz in my hand. It's one part Aperol, one part Prosecco, and a little splash of club soda. It's fucking delicious. It's refreshing, it's crisp, it's sweet, it's got the little bit of orange, like, mm. It's Mm. a hangover waiting to happen, I think. Oh, for sure. All the fucking sugar. Oh my god, it's so sweet. And the the bottle of Prosecco's gone, because we were going back and forth taste testing, which is better, uh, Aperol Spritz or a Mimosa. Can I say something? And this is no joke. It's funny, because it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. Oh, Wow. Too sweet, bro. It's not, it's not, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not overly saccharine. It's interesting because Prosecco was a little sweet, but it's, you know, it's like bitter and it hits you with the bubbles. Well, they hit you at different sweets. Like Prosecco doesn't hit you sweet, it hits you dry mm-hmm. and then eases up sweet, whereas mm-hmm. the Aperol hits you sweet and then eases up real bitter. So they just kind of do this nice little wow, wow dance with each other. And it's, oh, it's so tasty. And I even think. The texture of it, the mouth feel, the mouth feel is more favorable than a mimosa or screwdriver because the orange juice isn't as like nectary. Wow, it, it almost sounds like we ranked our like top like brunch cocktails behind the bar. Wow. Well, I mean, if you want to find out about that, you got to listen to that, of course, at Monday, 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 Monday at eight p.m. because. It just occurred to me. Yeah. Why 8 a.m.? People going to work. No. After work, you're going to head to the bar. Yeah. So you're going to join us. Behind. Behind the, the bar. bar at 8 p.m. But I, I gotta say, I'm happy you mentioned this. Because at first I was like a little hesitant. But I always forget how much I love Prosecco cocktails. And you also have a fascination with aperitifs. I really do. Oh, I fucking love. They're a forbidden fruit for you. You know, one of the things is like I want to make my own, and I like making syrups and like making Syrup. things. But the thing about aperitifs is that aperitifs. they're fun. They they smell good. They taste good, and what they do. So aperol, what it does is super awesome, super simple, super cool. It's sweet, and we said it was saccharin, but I take that back. I I think it's sweet. But like it's the candy. body. The Wait, body. What's the body. The body is like it's in your mouth. It like coats your mouth, almost like it's like like you're drinking or eating like like, like a, a syrup, like almost. a syrup. But the sweetness is not really true, because it's we false sweetness. we like bitter and yeah. stuff like that. So like it really tastes like you're kind of like chewing on an orange peel, and I wouldn't drink it by itself. It tastes like you're chewing on an orange peel that's been coated and dehydrated in sugar. It's candied orange. It's like candy. I love that. It's totally like candy. And you throw that with the mostly dry, not really sweet Prosecco. And what you get is something that's like bitter. And I think the young people, the they, the youths, they, thems, all the peoples in brunch in Brooklyn, where we're at right now. Even the ones in Manhattan and in Queens. When they go to brunch. But not in Staten Island. If you're brunching in Staten Island. What are you doing? Come on. Go home. Walk to your house. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Uh, We didn't forget about that forgotten borough. (laughs) I think that they're enjoying a more complex drink than they realize. Well, Aperol itself dates back to 1919. 
can see on Continue. The and it's got a long history of being a very prized aperitif. Oh, now here's one thing I have to say to you. What do you got to say? Because I didn't, we didn't, I didn't even think about this. So this is Aperol, original recipe. Aperitif, it was, it, it's an aperitif. It says it in fucking Italian. Okay. Um, so when you look at um, bitters, bitters, right? When you look at bitters, you have one bitters that everybody loves. Angostura. Which is from one company and has a long history. Is the same thing with Aperol? Is Aperol only from this company? Is it only from this brand? Well, Aperol is actually owned by Campari. And oh, oh. that's why they're frequently mistaken. They got similar hues, but they are very different aperitifs. And it's kind of similar to how Pernod and Ricard and Absinthe, developed by Pernod Ricard, are all kind of conflated, where they're all similar anisettes, but they're different. They're they're the same, but they're their own. They came. They're siblings. They're 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 sister wives. I also think this would be good in like a non-alcoholic cocktail. I feel like some of this and just some orange juice, uh, some of this. Uh, this well, it wouldn't be a non-alcoholic cocktail because it oh, would have fuck. aperol. I forgot in it. it has alcohol in it. It has a God it's eleven percent it. alcohol. God, well, you know what? That's low. Well, you know, I went to a nice it's Italian. Low. I went to a nice Italian um, restaurant once, and I had some espresso. Yeah, I was fucking bugging with the espresso. I had like five espressos. Why did you have five espressos? Because my ex was paying for them. And they were using, Sam, I think it was Sambuca at the time. And it was like, you know. Wait, a Sambuca espresso is yeah. different than just an espresso. Well, that's why. Because the Sambuca, which is licorice in the anisette. It's an anisette. Right. Wait, were you using Sambuca black? Because um, that's also I don't know. Because I, I ordered it. Because I just ordered the espresso. I don't know. And this is actually a long time before I really got into liquor. But I remember liquor loving. <laughs> I hardly know her. <laughs> I I love uh, how I loved how bitter it was. I loved how absolutely like it was super. Because I love coffee. I love black coffee. It was like bitter. I had so many, and then I was like really drunk and like bouncing off the walls. And I didn't know why. <laughs> it's because of the caffeine, you know. And I that'll do it. And I think that like I don't, I wouldn't put this in my coffee, but oh, actually, no. why not? Because with Sumatra as an example, which is dark chocolate, very complex. I can see something like the bitter orange of an, of an Aperol going in that. Latin American coffees, citrusy, more bright. I can see that. Bam. Oh, shit. Africa, Asia, which is... Sumatra is like Indonesian and stuff like that. You know, the Isle of Sumatra. Mm-hmm. It's darker and more complex. Yeah, we all know the Isle of Sumatra. <laughs> and Get it's, over yourself. And it's spiced. It's spiced. You know, not really chocolate. Like, when I say chocolatey for Sumatra, think the dark chocolate you wouldn't eat. Like a cacao? Because it's like fucking too, you know, yes. But it's like, so a lot of people don't like it. Um, uh, Africa, Asia, more chocolatey, chocolate and orange. I feel like Aperol actually would go fucking good in some coffee. It, mm, Yeah. All right, no, I thought about it. I loaded, that was my dial-up sound. And I think I agree that that, could be used sparingly in an espresso martini if you then garnished it with a little zest of char- Think about this, of a chocolate. black cup of coffee. A little bit of, I don't, I don't do cream on my coffee, but like a little cream in your coffee probably. And a, a light Wait, spray. why do you think I like cream in my coffee? Because you do. <laughs> I don't. I, I drink my coffee black. <laughs> Not the coffee the way you make it. I wouldn't if I was you. <laughs> um, this is just why are you coming at my coffee preferences? No, it's so I feel like why do I feel defensive about right? my coffee preferences? No, but especially because I love my coffee like super bitter and stuff. I don't put sugar in my coffee. This wow, you probably fuck with the lights on too. I do. I, do. <laughs> I love the hold on. I love that you said that because I fucking yo. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke, yo. That's a thing. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I, alpha fucking person here. I'm not about that gendered shit, okay? I'm just a fucking, I'm a sigma person, okay? <laughs> Don't fuck with me. I'm a top, a sexually ambiguous top. <laughs> fuck with me, okay? <laughs> I just love that you mentioned that shit because, like, 
Yo, I'm the, so you were like laying down with your partner and like it's when they go to turn the lights off. I was like, no, keep the lights on. It's like, what? They're like, what? Well, I like mood lights <laughs> so that way, like, so that silhouettes aren't playing on the blinds. Just saying, if you come into my house and you see the lights are red, you know what happened. That's what the red light. You turn your house into a red light district. No, I just like the red because my eyes. Who are, are you, ludicrous? Circa two thousand. <laughs> Shit. My eyes. Are, my eyes are a little sensitive, so I like the red lights. But the red lights are also the sexy lights. Oh, uh, I I go I go purple or like a frost blue. Well, that sounds especially because you're like white pallid skin i just can't imagine it fucking reflecting off your fucking back blinding oh that's what it is it's like it blinds her she can't see <laughs> oh fuck no it's because if i turn on red i just look sunburnt and alert <laughs> like i can't i look can't. like a villain in red that's exactly it <laughs> like, like oh and in purple like jafar he's just I, like fucking evil no if i do red lights then it feels like I'm in a U-boat that's about to... I feel like I'm in DOS boot. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you turn it red? Or like fucking Fuck. Hunt for Red October. I was going to say Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, like fucking when he was in the this fire and my skin, that's you right there. The fucking red, like whipping Ooh, at your fucking skin. I'll sometimes do like a dark green so that it feels like a forest. <laughs> <laughs> fucking like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Like a Sasquatch. Oh. You know what they say about them Bigfoots. <laughs> oh. That they're that that they're huge and not real. Well, okay, let me pose you this question. What if uh, all the vampires got to the Sasquatches? And oh. that's why they can't show up on film. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Alright, hold on. Wait, hold on. We gotta wrap this up. Um, can I just say Wait, no, we don't. No, not this. The fucking we're behind. We're at the bar right now. Wait, we're still at the bar. We we never told people that they need to listen. Wheelie, because you have to wrap it up and be like, hey, dude, it's only been twelve minutes. No, we know you have to be like, hey, oh, we're at the bar. Yeah, it's not behind the bar. That's how you know he's drunk. You gotta be. We're at the bar. You gotta be like, hey, don't forget that we ranked our top brunch cocktails and we talked more about Aperol spritzes and mimosas and bloody marys and, and irish coffee and irish coffee what the fuck was that accent i don't know i think i rolled it like a like a scotsman <laughs> coming up this monday at 8 p.m everywhere that you can find podcasts don't forget to like and subscribe and you are fucking drunk yeah let's fucking get <laughs> i at just her. love pit a patter get at her i i love <laughs> so so funny is I've actually been told before because I have like Alexa lights in every room except for the room we're in right now. I like how your Alexa just kind of perked up a little bit as soon as ooh, you said ooh, that. Uh, ooh, like, oh, she knows. Uh, Are you talking to me? Oh, Moi. Um, I have them in every room, including the bathroom now. And I like to make the whole house red because my eyes are sensitive. But it's it's fun. It's fun to. What's your preferred light? to have in your uh in your domicile well here's the here's the problem is that my room has like beige walls yeah. so the red reflects better and in my bathroom blue reflects better because there's like a green in my bathroom mm. but if i had to choose i'd paint something that would absorb the red more to reflect it a little bit better so i was a bit inspired by you and i i got um light bulbs of color to put in my ceiling are they intersectional? Are they yeah. intersectional bulbs? One of them um, is on a dimmer switch. Oh. And uh, one of them actually uses DC current. Wow. Um, so it needs... Whoa. That's uh, old-fashioned Republican bulb there. Yeah. Well, no. Off the grip. Just taking it straight. It's... It's it's it was oh, it's no, from it, a different time. That's its kink. It likes to take it straight and hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> direct, direct, not alternating, not alternating. Um, you don't know what the fuck that means. Get that out. You don't even know what the fucking difference is. Get that shit out of my face. Yeah, I know what the what's the difference. So one of them. Why do we use AC current and not DC in houses? Because you can wire it in parallel rather than in series. Because the further away you get from DC sources. The dimmer oh, it gets. It's like a watts voltage. Like you know, the... So it's an actual distance thing. However, you're right. You can do it in parallel, but you do it in parallel not because you want to. 
Not because I have you to, because to. I want to. <laughs> you should too, Bubba. <laughs> I knew you were gonna fucking say that. Wow, I I fucking forgot. We started doing this podcast, no fucking plans, no ideas, just showing up mm. and shooting the shit off top. Yo, this is this is freestyle. Wow, that's so podcast. fucking. It is so weird because we did the episode where we yes end the entire thing, and I just feel like. I don't know about that because <laughs> this is the same thing, but <laughs> more natural and less supernatural. <laughs> I just like how we started this podcast because, you know, me as a vaguely Jewish white man in New York um, in my mid 20s just kind of got assigned to one. Um, it is because I didn't make one for myself. <laughs> that, that is how it works. It's like, oh, I'm here in New York now. I've stepped off the boat. Well, I'm gonna there. go to Ellis Island. Gonna leave my ex here on the thing here. Oh, <laughs> <And Huh. laughs> you know the... <laughs> Never mind. I just, you know, I'm gonna go to the city. It's like, well, gonna start a podcast, and then <laughs> if you don't start one within like, if you don't start one between three to six weeks, you get swept into one like with the current. <laughs> This is the low current catches you to a podcast. It's essentially the uh, like nineteen hundred early nineteen hundreds wave of immigration to New York is just well, I've made it to the big city. Now I gotta make a podcast or else I'll get a job on someone else's podcast. <laughs> you just find yourself swept to somebody else's podcast. Oh, and it depends. <laughs> really- it is amazing to think, though, that like people came here generations ago, even just last generation, and just fucking started a business from scratch. How do you fucking? Well, you I know, mean, aside hold on. from like drugs and no, stuff. No, no, no. So, I don't know. I mean, we're, I about know- to, we're about to get some shit right now because you don't just come here and start a business. Because that's not true. Because you don't just come here and start a business. Because all the Jewish people who came here, they didn't fucking start businesses. No. The people who came here had money and they started businesses. And then the next generation came over and then they worked at those people's, like, any of the... Well, like, you talked to um, your neighbor about, (laughs) like, how his grandfather came over and ran a seltzer business. And he built up that seltzer business and eventually turned it into a brick-and-mortar seltzer business. It was a seltzer car. There was also less people. But and, more people needed seltzer for and, some and reason. Less, and less need for space. And But also... Mm, where are you going to store all the seltzer? <laughs> where are you going to store all the seltzer? Like, can't you imagine? Like, one of the best jobs that a lot of Jews... Wow, I, did, I I mean it in a a lot of Jews, <laughs> uh, people, Jewish people, and the Irishmen. You know what they did a lot of uh, ice hauling ice because uh, ice making was hard. And then they would like load up the ice and they would drop it to you and you'd put it in your fridge because your refrigerator fucking didn't didn't have fucking. Wait, it. so you're saying that your refrigerator wasn't wasn't running? <laughs> it wasn't running. <laughs> There was no need to catch it, sir. It was pretty easy to catch. And it's so funny because, you know, yes, there were, there was a period in America where there was a need, right? There was like a need. Did right? anyone ever need seltzer? Maybe not seltzer, but they needed something to drink. And also, I really don't believe his stories a little bit. Not because I'm saying he's lying, but I think he downplays like his privilege. You know what I mean? Because he's like, I just started my business out of nothing. No, say it. Say it. Say it why you think he downplays his privilege. Say it. Just say it. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Just say it. I actually don't know what you're talking about. I don't. Why why do I feel like this is an anti Semitic jab? You're Jewish. He's Jewish. I don't know what's going on here. No, it's you're inferring the anti Semitic. No, I'm not. It's because you think he's Jewish that he's downplaying his suffering. That he's he's trying to. You would think that he was. No, because. Fucking, he's like, he's not even, I've never heard any story about that. His whole story is that his father owned a fucking, like, trucking business or something, right? But he says that he started from the ground up. But there's two things. One, he fucking, his, he ruined him and his brother, like, fucking 
almost drove his father's business into the ground. A trucking business? Then... Driven into the ground, you say? Then he was introduced to another, to a Jewish woman whose family had money, and they got together, and they took her money and started his business. That just, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Like, generational privilege works in mysterious ways. (laughs) It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. Oh, now it's getting anti-Semitic by being too pro-Semitic. What? Is that possible? Yes. To be so, like, you're just loving Jewish people so much. This is going down a dangerous path. I think I have to make sure I make this clear that my co-host Chandler Phillips is a Jewish person. Is that, yes, I am. I want you should know I am a Jewish man. Just to make it very clear, so that when I start hurling anti-Semitic things, I can say I have a Jewish friend. <laughs> so you're going to say, can you love Jews so much that what you're doing becomes anti-Semitic? Yes. No, listen, I'm not appropriating the culture. I wear a yarmulke. I got my four locks. You know what I'm saying? You like, don't even have your five locks or yeah. your three locks. <laughs> It's Say a you have, you have your four locks. <laughs> Did you? So I don't know if you you're not on you're not on the TikTok, but you you missed this total trend where there was like a face filter with like a big smiley grin, and then people would sing the "If I Was a Rich Man" from Fiddle on the Roof, and there was discourse about it if it was anti-Semitic or not, and I just went with people who said it was because you know why fuck not it. like I, it's safer to be like possibly worst case scenario you're not on the wrong side of history right but is it anti-semitic for like people probably white people i don't know probably like wearing like fucking uniform camouflage shit singing like wearing a face filter that gives them a big discord distorted big grin face while they <laughs> sing if I was a rich man, is that is that anti-Semitic? It feels like a reach. Well, okay, let me ask you that. I'm at, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm going to ask your question. I'm going to answer your question with another question. You've been at the stop on uh, West Fourteenth Street. I used to work there. Which one? The one on the two and the three? The one on the A and the C? Or the one that's the four, the five, the N, the Q, the R, the and AC, the L? The AC and the L. That Starbucks right there was my old store. So you know how you go in that one and there's like all the little statues? Yes, of like... with, the, with, the, with the little money bags and yeah. the coins. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you actually came out. There's a Starbucks right there and there's a bar there. Oh, I'm All sure. those free tokens are for, for the free drinks oh, for gotta, that bar. We get, we also got to go to Barcade. I'm, I have mad tokens also. Bruh. Yeah, but yes, the the little money bags and the little tall hats and the gator. There's one with like a yeah, like an alligator. And there's a, out the, like a giraffe one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the one with the at uh, with the uh, rat that has the bag of coins and is like eating. Can the I coins. just say that this is very visual? But the minute you said that, I just yeah something. Something kind of that never occurred to me. Yeah, because there is the one with like the little, where he's eating the. Huh. I just assumed this because it's New York. I want to assume that too, but the fact that it's a money coin makes it feel icky. But there's also other things too because there's a there's like a plaque that says what it's for. I don't fucking know, like the art installation, and there's, there's a, like a the one you can listen to, like the big ear. Like there's a bunch of different. There's also one where a woman is sitting on a on a man's face, or I'm assuming it's a man because he's in a suit and a top hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she is also eating money, and all I can think is, you fucking go, queen. The one that I really think like, is the she's m- living her best life. That I hate the most. Yeah, is one of the statues is sitting in a chair, two of them taking up seats. There's a regular bench, but then there are just two little oh, mini wait, statues like, sitting in the seats. In the actual bench? Yes. Like, where you would sit to wait yes. for your train? That's some all bullshit. I don't care about your art, but that's <laughs> infringing on pragmatism and I practicality. Know, right? Fuck off. Fuck off, bud. <laughs> fuck off. Like, take your fucking metal sculptures of anti-Semitism and fuck the straight fuck off. Yeah, give your balls a tug, bud. So is that, like, is any of that, like... If I don't it, think if it, it, if it feels anti-Semitic, is it? Isn't well, that a safe rule? Like are, if it feels racist, are my feelings valid? Yeah. Should I feel things at all? I don't know. Like 
I mean, traditional masculinity says like, ew, feelings like turn that into cheering for a sports team and I guess projecting your inferiorities onto your family. I recently started painting my nails because there is a fucking podcast I listen to. Yeah, I noticed your uh, ring finger was chipped. Listen, they're all fucked up right now because I use cheap nail polish. But I bought a hoodie from their merch and it's black and pink. And I was like, you know, I literally only painted my, my nails once for like Halloween like 15 years ago. I was like, yo, it'd be cool because the hoodie I'm getting is like half black, half pink. Yeah. And it looks nice. Yo, I should fucking alternate black and pink on my nails so that when I wear the hoodie, which is like a rare hoodie, so I'm not going to wear it all the time. But I was like, it's a really nice looking piece of clothing. Maybe I look stylish. And so I went to paint my nails and I told my friend and she said to me, she said, well, it looks nice, but I'm concerned that you're going to get like homophobic attacked. Hmm. And I was like, that's interesting because I doubted myself of even wanting to wear it. Wait, did you say, no, no, it's 2021. We're not attacking well, I said the gays also, anymore. We're attacking the Asians. I'm going to say something. You think that I said that. I was like, oh, you're not going to get attacked. But went to her neighborhood. Her neighborhood is not good. And I went over there, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe she's on to something. I should put my hands in my pockets. Oh, that's and concerning. I was like, oh, shit. And that's really interesting because, fuck. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter who I sleep with. But, like, even if, I, even if I'm fucking the most mask sick in the mail, fuck it. Like we, our nails are like random adornments on our person. Why, why shouldn't we fucking be able to fucking like paint them, fucking crazy colors? I don't. We we have earrings. We dye our hair. We put piercings in our face. We wear clothing on our bodies that are different colors. Like we literally adorn ourselves from head to toe. Why shouldn't we get tattoos? Why should we paint our nails? It makes no fucking sense. Huh. You know, if you could turn... Is that anti-Semitic? <laughs> well, yes, because Judaism would say that if you, like, adorn yourself with idols and trinkets and stuff that aren't directly correlated to you know the uh, Keep going. Old yeah, Testament, yeah, yeah, make it happen. then uh, you shouldn't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. That's basically all it is. Well, if you if you're not if you're not doing Leviticus hella hard, well, that's true though. You can't have an ear piercing and get buried in a Jewish cemetery. You, I I can't get buried in a Jewish cemetery because I got tattoos. Mm, but if I had my nails painted and they just clean my nails, could I get buried in a Jewish cemetery if I was Jewish? Because I'm obviously a black man, and except for Sam Bedinich Davis Jr., I don't think Whoopi. <laughs> oh, really? Goldberg, dude. Oh. You know, <laughs> you know what? Every time I fucking every time at that, this point too, I'm pretty sure Anthony Anderson is Jewish too. Can I just say that? Like I, I, I know he's made TV. jokes like about you know being a, a Christian black man, but I'm pretty sure Anthony Anderson is Jewish at this point. All I know is you don't get that many spinoff shows. No lie, he's been in every fucking like spinoff show ever, like without being a little Jewish. You're, you're a writer. You're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> you're. We're gonna be start working on some projects soon, and we're gonna be writing. We're gonna be actively working, and writing. Working active, actively now, working. Can I just say, I'm saying it like it's big and important, but like, but. You know, we're kind of a big deal, so. You know, we're kind of a big deal, so. You know, how does it feel? To, to have people to be depend working. on me? Yes. I'm about to fucking, we're about oh. to get into it. I'm about to put you on the fucking. It's a little concerning because I don't want to disappoint people who believe in me because usually. If... You don't want to disappoint your fucking girlfriend. He's a good shit about me. I'm disappointed already. I'm kidding. I'm kidding kidding i take it back <laughs> i'm done just... <laughs> can, can we cut the camera can, can we I, can <laughs> cut the camera cut it i'm not in the mood for this anymore 
This is just not what I'm in a fucking mood for, okay? I just can't take it. Well, you better cool out, big dude. <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm excited for it because I feel like there was... I felt more comfortable in an old medium of creativity, and I think it's time to push myself to go beyond that. Like, I, I enjoy doing stand-up. I realized I don't really want to be a stand-up. Because it sucks. Tell me, come on, come on, come on. Well, it's it's a hard life, and it takes... It's a hard knock life? It's a hard knock life for us. I feel bad, because I think it was like two months ago, I was like, we were having a discussion, and I was just like, yo, fucking comedy's dead. Like, stand-up comedy's dead. It's not dead, though. Here, <clears throat> I don't think... Because I... Th- Mm. All right, I'm restarting. Backspace, backspace, backspace. I think stand-up is the venue for a more disenfranchised group than I represent. And I think the people who deserve... So you're saying being Jewish in New York is... That's not... Not just being Jewish, but like... Like, I've been listening to a lot of stand-up, and, like, it doesn't, like, any hot take that someone, either myself or my perspective, would have isn't necessarily hot enough to warrant needing to, to express it on stage. And I feel like the things that I want to contribute in the social discussion and just what what goes on in the zeitgeist I think can be expressed better in uh, different ways. And I think having the opportunity now with a team of you and um and and others <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna name drop. Of course. Oh, oh yeah, name drop. I understand what you mean. Well, I think it it it'll it'll push me to start exploring more talents and also, it'll open up avenues of expression that I thought um, where I alone would have had to be the project coordinator. Um, and so I preferred stand-up because it was easier for me to be the the person controlling what I was doing. Now I have a team and support in trying to see my vision through. Um, Whatever that vision may be. In Bo Burnham's recent special, uh, Inside, there's one thing that everybody's been saying. is like, there's one of his quotes is like, I'm going to, I don't remember, I'm going to fucking, I don't fucking know what the quote is by heart, okay? I'm just going to fucking say what Pull I think Pull out your cleaver because you're butchering <laughs> it. And pretty much he goes like, he goes, does everybody fucking need to go online and, you know, tell people what they fucking think? Like, shut the fuck up. Because... You you don't need to do that. And it's a joke that you always hear. It's like everybody has a podcast, right? So the key is like, why do we do what we do? And I think that one of the reasons we do what we do. The validation? Is to build skills. Oh, yeah, that too. But also because it, it's kind of a joke that like podcasts are like five white men, like near mics and like, you know, talking and stuff like that. But my favorite description of a podcast is uh, the <laughs> the way heterosexual men can have sex with one another. What do you call a group of five men? A podcast. That's way too many for a podcast. Come on, no, but that's like a fucking like a gaggle podcast. <laughs> Come on, um, I think that the reason why everybody has one is because people do have things to say. Everyone has something to say. And everyone has a a point of view that other people have not had. And it's not that people don't do pod it's not that people do podcasts that are like worthless. It's that they don't express themselves truly. Because when you get in front of a mic or something, you stand on a stage and you were talking about this earlier, it's like like off mic, you're like, you know, you get on stage or whatever, and it's like one dimensional. Yeah, people fucking get in front of a mic and they stop being themselves 
And suddenly it's like, oh, it's five bubbly personalities in front of a mic. But people are more than that. People are angst and sadness and stress. And those are the things that matter. And not just all those feelings, but the abrupt switches between those feelings, I think, are super relatable. And in just traditional stand-up comedy, it's one-dimensional because you're expected to be one character. But in reality, everyone, not necessarily drastic mood swings, but you do have a... There's a reason people feel an internal dichotomy of like heaven and hell or good and bad. And it's because even if it's not uh, binary, you still kind of feel the shifts in moods and the shifts in characters and personas. And I think that unless you do something that's so artistic in a one man show or one woman show, one person show, um, or where you push the bounds of what comedy is to really get people to either connect with you on, um, on an emotional level or on like a, uh, just just to vibe with it like it's all about that is like a real intrinsic feeling because so you look at like louis ck people are like oh he's super funny super funny then something comes out about him and it's like oh well you know what i could see that because i know louis because in a weird way when he did his comedy he bared a large part of who he was yeah you know and that's hard to do and a lot of people can't do it. A lot of people don't do it. And so... Well, I think a lot of people aren't receptive to it unless it's been previously accepted. Like, it's it's such a difficult task to to do to begin with. But it has to be done so refinedly. But, that- media's, but media's niche now, and you only need a thousand people. Like, literally... Like, um, I mean, a thousand people who love us and give us $10 a month would make it so we don't have to work and we could do this full time. Only 1,000 people. 1,000 people. Are you hand paneling? No, I'm just saying that that's the reality, you know, and there are more than a thousand people who feel like we do. But the problem is, is that we always, I don't know about you, but like being a character is easy. And out, off, off mic, off media, you go to a place where people who know you a certain way, then suddenly you're Chandler the funny guy, you know, like James cracks jokes and leaves early. You know, they don't know about the angst and the anguish, which is why there is... They don't know about how sad we are. Which is why there's a, a whole wave of media and comedy about that. But then... Because they became so meta, now that's kind of disingenuous too. Because people only talk about the sad parts. People don't talk about the good parts. Whoever heard <laughs> of a sad clown? So now every fucking clown is sad. Every fucking comedian who's good, like really, that's why I well, saw Lucas Brothers. That shit fucking because they didn't fucking really go into like any weird angst. And it's like every fucking good comedian, even like Dave Chappelle. He doesn't do it so much the same way because he's a fucking amazing writer. But the way he fucking does it is like he talks, he still reflects on like stuff. And it's like, you know, he does a good job because he's fucking rich and he doesn't really like play the character. Eminem's problem as an example, because Eminem is probably one of the, I mean, Eminem fucking last year had one of the fucking top five albums. He fucking, no matter what he does, is like a top 10 artist every fucking year, top five artist every fucking year. He has but, all of King Midas's silver. But can I just fucking say, like, this fucking guy has not had any edge, real edge since the 90s. People are like, oh, because he can't be edgy. No, his passion's gone. He's a fucking millionaire. He rapped about not being able to fucking take care of his kids like his kid and like starving and like wanting to fight his wife. Well, I mean, that's still relatable, but. It's not the same spark that... But now he has nothing because he's rich. Yeah. Who are you going to rage against if you're the machine? If you've been paid off by the... So everybody's sad. Everybody's either sad or trying to be in... So the medium, I think, is like coming to like a part where it's like almost radical honesty. Because some of the funniest people I know are on Twitter and they're women. 
telling like very true fucking things. And it's because women haven't really been able to do that. You know, like really express themselves and be like, oh, you know, fucking let me tell my stories about the time that I fucking went and the guy fucking stuck his dick in my ass by accident. That and I'd say women and the queer community. 100%. Yeah, they didn't have any voices before, you know. That's kind of what I'm saying is like comedy now is comedy has always been for the voiceless. But even the people, the people who were most disenfranchised never had a voice. Because it was like the voiceless for the people who could still get away with saying shit. And that's kind of why. But is comedy that serious? That's the thing that I think Bo Burnham, like, he, like, posed. It's like, is it even that fucking serious? Like, he, his whole song was I, I, is about fucking, like, solving the problems of the world through comedy and making fun of it. Because, like, really? Well, I'm going to pose a timeline for you. So, like. That's hot. Stand-up comedy in America has kind of been defined by the um, prominently Jewish comedians who immigrated here and found jobs in entertainment. And, you know, they there's... Com- in the world of labor and the, the vast filter, comedy is just kind of one you fall into. Like, I don't think anyone ever anticipates to be a comedian. No one ever expects to be a comedian. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. Because, like, even if you if you thirst your entire life to want to be a stand-up comic, then you still want to be better than a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, you... Whoa! You know what? That just blew my mind a little bit, because, like... Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and like other media that's like about being a comedian. It's like about being the best comic. Even in Louis's show, Louis, not the not Lucky Louis, but like the last one, like his whole thing is like he wants to be a good character, like the best comedian. He's like doing his thing. He's trying to live his life. He's like a really good comedian. But whenever he's posed with like a TV show or something, he doesn't want to do it because he's he's not an actor. He's a comedian. But in real life, but like people for his don't career, but people don't want to be comedians right their whole life like they it's on it's honestly by virtue of it's the job it's a liminal space mm, i'm gonna say some shit the people who want to be stand-up comedians are the ones who are just going to be stand-up comedians yeah they, they've kind of oh but i mean uh listen it, there's somebody out there who's like that's not true. The passion, the love of the the art, but like, you know, it's like saying you want to be a barista at Starbucks forever. Well, it's like because if you do go into the passion, the art, the the theory of comedy, you then you know that stand up is more of an exercise than it is an end gains. The few people who are so amazing at it that they've transcended, almost nobody's going to reach them. And there are people who, like, you know, like, because, I mean, they're not, like, like, Tiffany Haddish is not, like, fucking old as shit. But, like, 20 years, I don't know if we're going to see, just like in music, okay, there would never be stars as large as, in the same way, as Michael Jackson at... Even Britney Spears, fucking, I did not know she was like a fucking top five artist last year. And the year before. You don't know Britney, bitch. Like, and I love it. I love it and I respect it, you know. But when it comes to like album sales, people don't sell albums anymore, right? Stand up is not going to be the same. You know, what Lenny Bruce was like doing when he was like being debaucherous, but he in his own way was like fighting for freedom of speech and like, you know, the the political advocacy and like even even speaking of being like queer, even that like it's exacerbated. Like literally, it's like been two years and it's already done. Like, you know, there's not really like fucking like we need like four big trans uh, comedians who are like really big in like the next three years. And then that'll be that'll be it. You've yeah. had big black comedians, big queer comedians, like all you know, gay, lesbian, trans. Like then, you've literally had all the. Then that's it. And then what the fuck? Nobody's gonna fucking. 
who was going to be Elijah Schlesinger? I'm sorry, who I think is funny, but like, she's not fucking, like, 15 years from now, you're not going to be like, the party monster. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's, a, that's a fucking amazing, I feel so bad because that's obviously better than anything I've ever written in my fucking life. But I'm just saying, in 50 years, you're not looking back. Well, it's just the bar for writing has gone up, too. Like, to the point where articulation of a joke surpasses what you can do in just a monologue. Which is why some of the funniest writers and comedians are people like fucking David and Amy Sedaris who write books mostly. You know what I mean? Like, David Sedaris writes books. Right. And that's funny. You know what I mean? Um, when <laughs> It's funny that he writes books. Like, people read still. <laughs> it's so weird because, you know, what people do... For comedy, like people who are the funniest are in movie or in movies and on TV and are writers for people. No, the people who are funniest are in marketing. I was gonna say the people who are funniest sit at home and smoke weed and be like, ah, I'm funnier than that I'm guy. Fun- no, they're the ones making commercials because the people who think they're the funniest are actually in TV shows and the people who are decently funny, are writing for movies and TV shows. But true, the true fucking comedians of the world are in advertisement. Can I just say that all those people are still fucking crazy talented. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the bar has gotten so high. The bar has gotten so high that people who are like not even that funny... You know, are, are like fucking still amazing and hilarious. You know who's my fucking idol? Flo from Progressive. Yo, this is not a fucking joke. Did you see the? Do you, have you seen the commercial where they're on the beach? Yeah, yeah. I love that commercial. It's like, hey guys, no talking about insurance while we're on the beach. Yeah, okay. it's the company off day. Yeah, we're then, not going to talk about work and at then all. The people are fucking talking about like, man, oh. if only there was a way I could combine my boat insurance. <laughs> With my car insurance. What do you call that? How do you you can stack? Them? Is it like a like a bindle? <laughs> it's like it's like, like it's a, a bundle. It's a bundle. Hi, I'm Flo from fucking. It's so good. Have you seen the new Geico commercials where the Geico lizard is like going over and talking about like how the Geico lizard came up with like the advertisements? And oh it's like, yeah. So I just you know I just said well. I was gonna say quarter hour. And something, something, something. And then you get savings. But now, 15 minutes, 15% or more. Then I, You know, I brought up the idea. And I said quarter hour. But they, they honed it a little bit. It's so <laughs> good. And then, of course, like, I love, especially insurance commercials with, like, um, uh, the fucking, like, the, the thought out called Magnum Man. Fucking, like, the, the fuck. Fuck, I forget the, what do you call them? The, the caveman. The caveman? The that was, those are so fucking funny. So easy a caveman could do it. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> I, he didn't say fucking in the commercial, but it's just that was the energy. Those people are so fucking funny. And, you know, the, the whole space is full of funny and talented people. And now we just need to find a new space. But you have to like COVID because being like I'm going to an event with 22,000 people in like a few weeks Ew. I'm wearing my fucking mask and I'm pretty sure other people will be actually as well it's a good hope but you have to be vaccinated to even go and going forward though I think that we're gonna start pulling away from being in rooms of people and also the space around being a comedian is predatory as a motherfucker like the like the the environment is predatory i'm not gonna say i know you work at a, a comedy club now i'm not gonna yeah, say no nothing comment. you know but like the the way the people who work in the comedy club is predatory the way that comedians are fucking hired Word. and you didn't even have to say nothing to me like you have you actually haven't even i just know like it's not a fucking joke it's super predatory and i don't know what the fuck we do about it you know so going forward we have to make our own platforms and that's kind of what we're doing and I love doing it. I uh, used to look fucking stoned as a motherfucker. Look at you. Well, that's on account of uh, <laughs> brunch, bitch. What would you? All right, hold on. 
What would you if you had to make a progressive or a Geico commercial, pitch it to me. This shit is so good. At this point, I would start parodying other companies' commercials. Like, like if I were progressive, I would do a MasterCard commercial. But at the very end, be like, for everything else, there's progressive insurance. What's the fucking name? Yo. There's, there's Jake from State Farm. Yeah. Banger. Banger of a commercial. Um, Mr. Fuck, the name, the one, the guy who's like Italian, and he's like, he always causes a problem. Fuck. Oh, Mayhem? Yeah, Mr. Mayhem. Those are fucking hilarious. Mayhem was great. I love those because they brought him back again, and I just love them because- They it, brought him back with Tina Fey yes, in the commercial, too. I just love that. Capital One commercials with Alec Baldwin. Oh, come on. What's in your wallet? And then, of course, I love- This is how you know advertisement can get you, because then, like, there's there's an ad for, I think, uh, there's, like, a, a local New York City, like, bank- and it's like, if they're asking for what's in your wallet, they're more concerned. No, if they're more concerned about what's in, their, in your wallet, they're less concerned about you. And that's Damn. Like, oh, that's fucking spicy. Come also, on. Also, you got to love, like, your your local television lawyer commercials. I don't know if you know, but. 800-888. Do you know about 8888? Do you know about Major World Autos? Ooh. Major World is this big fucking car dealership that mostly used cars in like Queens and like Long Island. I'm gonna tell you something. It's in Spanish and one of the fucking commercials is like fifteen minutes long. Jesus. And the fucking there's like a helicopter and the person jumps out of the helicopter and then it's like a fucking mannequin falling from the helicopter <laughs> and it hits the ground and it's the guy. And he's like, come down to Major World Autos. And then, like, he's surrounded by women dancing bachata. Like, it's... Bachata! I fucking just think that's fucking great. And that shit is so unapologetic. And it's so fucking fun. And that's how you have to fucking do it. You have to shill so fucking hard. But, honestly, commercials are the best format for comedy. Minute and a half... Three minutes at the most. What we have to do, there's two ways to do comedy. One, so it's like three ways people like do comedy. One is like commercials, super quick. They can do a punchline, right? Yeah. Sitcoms, they do a joke every two minutes. And that's why they don't get as funny. For long form things, you don't need a joke every minute, every 15 minutes, every 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you... You ground everything. Mm, still every like five minutes at the at the least. Well, you have to build up to the joke. Starting, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want yeah. to you, you want to start building the joke. But you got to have like fluffer jokes in the middle to keep you, keep yeah. you aroused. Keep you, keep you nice and stiff. Exactly. You got to keep you rigid in your seat. But you know what you really need. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. What you need is a crew of people to support you. And fucking make you happy. And like support you and like make sure like, ah, you know. And craft services. I think one of the issues with, with comedy is that everybody does it kind of alone. And it's kind of a solitary thing that you do with people. It's a cruel attempt to try to connect with people on your own terms. I don't know. Like... The, the comedian who can never get laid, that's not really a trope anymore. There's Tinder and shit, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the tropes have been have been done away with. A lot of... And they're just tired. They're just tired. So what's going forward? I know what it is. Whatever we do is going to be fucking great. And we're going to make all the money. But what's the future of stand-up? I don't give a shit. Oh, okay, but just whatever we're doing, it's yeah. going to be fucking lit. No, I mean, I really... It's getting lit. I feel like... I feel fucking sad, because I love stand-up. And I think that stand-up is one of the best things to ever exist. But it's the kind of thing that just can't last forever. And it, you go up in front of a room of your peers, and... It's going to go the way of oration. 
where like there might be some high school clubs dedicated to it. I mean, you still do it on the internet. And I think that like, you know, it's sad because COVID hurt restaurants, but it didn't fucking destroy comedy because comedians weren't making that much money to begin with. <laughs> that sounds messed up. They're a little too disposable. And you know, just like, fuck but, it, this but, is our last but they, stand. But they weren't fucking, you know, making $20, but spending 10 in gas to get to the fucking venue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we're cockroaches, man. I'll still, survive. You still call yourself, you're always going to be a stand-up comedian, Chandler? <sighs> it's my roots. It's your roots? Bloody Roots. It's a song. You don't know it. Wow. But guess what else? What's that? Guess what else? Uh, I'm, what, what? We need to become commercial writers because then we'd be better at telling people to like follow us. Oh, and we'd be better at telling um, people that we're giving commercials for to give us money to give the commercials. Oh, well, yes. but So we could be like, hey, we'll write a commercial for you. Let's plug it and they'll be like how much for the plug be like it's lit fam <laughs> i got a commercial for you yeah um listen to us <laughs> <laughs> we're funny um it's so easy uh james could do it it comes out wow wow well, yeah see doesn't is <laughs> wow that's now hurts. you know how the fucking caveman wow. felt it, it happens. Right. It is so easy. James can do it, okay? And it happens on Mondays. And it happens every Monday. No, wait. It happens on Fridays. Yeah, this one's on Fridays. <laughs> it happens on Fridays at 8 a.m., okay? And I give validation from likes, comments, and subscriptions, okay? And I wake up every morning and I look at the subscriptions and they mostly stay the same. But once in a while, we get like 50 and I'm like, yay. But then we lose 20 and I'm like, oh, was it an error? And then I'm like, no. And then I get validation from James relaying the final result to us. And it's usually just kind of a, a net loss. It's it's in that it's in that loss, but you can give me personal validation at Twitter, which I'm on all the time now because I yeah. Need what's your? It's what funny friend at W H A T F U N N Y F R I E N D F U N N Y. Ooh, fuck you too, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh well, I mean, you have a fucking Twitter, but you don't use it. Yeah. Either, uh, way. either way, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the whatever your flavor, you can find me at 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 c underscore underscore honey. Your username is stupid, but at least it's it's like it's across all things. Yeah, I keep it consistent. Except keep for it you. consistent, stupid. <laughs> it kicks. Except for your website, which is bumblebearcomedy.com. Yeah, and of course, uh, you can also reach out to us anytime. At was that in good taste at gmail.com for feedback, please. Fucking, I want somebody to just curse us out. I would love that. Just be like, you stupid motherfucker. We only have like six reviews on iTunes. They're all good though. They're like, ah, this is so good, so great. Aww. But I'm pretty sure five of them are my mother. Aww. Get your mother to do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> my no, mother. she'll give us her honest opinion. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> it's like, Chandler, I'm worried about you. You sure you shouldn't come home? You sure you shouldn't come home? It's, Honey. Uh, two and a half years is, is kind of long. <laughs> You've done enough. Are you, oh. Do you really need more time? Fuck. Wow. We haven't done this in a long time. Now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We need to close this show so that you could turn the AC back on. because yeah, It's getting hot as I am fucking having here. A Oof, that's why I'm playing with my hair because I'm getting hot as a motherfucker. I can tell you my pores are more Um, open than a liquor store on the 4th of July. So uh, this is Was That In Good Taste. As always, I am James Beery. And I'm Chandler Phillips. And remember, drinking isn't always required. But in this heat, with some ice, it is. And a little spritz of Aperol. Recommended.